Welcome to Taylor's Table, a podcast where we talk about what's cooking in the kitchen and in life. Taylor's Table is a production of Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media Radio Group. Hello and welcome back to the table. Thank you for joining me. This is going to be episode seven and we're going to actually continue our conversation about a few of my passions and this will kind of give you an opportunity to get to know me better and then we can talk about some of the topics that are very near and dear to my heart. So the last two episodes, we've covered camping, reading, and this next one's probably no surprise to those of you who know me personally, but we are going to talk about yoga, fitness, and the world of dieting. So before we get into the episode, this is your opportunity to potentially turn off the episode. If you are somebody who is triggered by diet conversations, fitness, maybe you're somebody who is recovering from an eating disorder, and this conversation might be a little too sensitive for you. I don't know where you're at in your journey of healing, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to not listen to the episode in the event that you may be triggered from it. So So just putting that out there, and I will also put a warning in the description as well. So we are going to talk about yoga specifically, but we're also going to talk about fitness, health, and what it means to you. And that is going to be the first question, right? When you hear the word health or healthy, what do you think of? Do you think of somebody who's very lean, very muscular? Do you think of somebody who gets up early every day, goes to the gym? Do you think of somebody who maybe is just a very active person? They maybe lead a very active lifestyle. What does healthy mean or what does it look like to you? And what does it mean for you specifically? Because I think everybody who has ever looked into the fitness industry or the diet industry, you know that it's not a one size fit all type of shoe. It's very much a personal journey. And as somebody who has been in the fitness world uh, as an instructor for the last eight plus years, and then of course I've been a consumer in the fitness industry for the last 15 plus years, it can be very tricky and to navigate through, right? To figure out what looks healthy to you and what feels healthy to you. Because at the end of the day, what something may look like does not necessarily mean that's what it feels like. So for instance, you may see somebody who is quote unquote obese to you, right? They may be 180 plus pounds. They may not be a size single digit. And you may look at them and you may say, well, they're probably unhealthy, Yet they go to the doctor, they work out every day, their blood work is fine, they eat a nutritional life or they eat a nutritional diet and then they also, you know, have their moments where they splurge a little bit, but they're not sitting here consuming McDonald's four or five times a day. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, uh, but a lot of people would automatically look at that person and make a judgment call just by their looks. But at the end of the day, that's not necessarily fact. That's not necessarily what the actual story is. They could be very healthy. And you may look at somebody who weighs maybe 120 pounds and has a very lean, thin body, and it still doesn't mean that they're necessarily healthier than the bigger person or vice versa. 
And I think that that's something that we as individuals need to understand when you're thinking about health and fitness and movement in general, that when you go into a fitness practice or wanting to clean up your diet or wanting to just add a little bit more activity into your life, it doesn't always have to be from a place of aesthetics, of wanting to look a certain way. It's okay if it does. But I think that a lot of people automatically assume, oh, you're eating a salad, so you must be watching your weight. Oh, you're going to the gym, so you must be trying to lose weight. Oh, you're going and doing this, or you're trying to up your water intake. You must be unhealthy. We have this preconceived opinion on what health is for us. So before I dive into the episode, I really wanted to get, I wanted to level with you guys. And just have you ask that question, what does health look like to you? What does being healthy look like to you? Because I know people in my life who may not necessarily look the quote unquote healthiest and they are loads healthier than the thinnest people in my life. And that's not necessarily a dig at either one of them. You know, there's a lot of things that go into your health and the way that your body moves, right? So first things first would obviously be genetics. So if you have you have pre-existing conditions in your parents or grandparents, those could trickle down to you. They could obviously skip you or they could be in your kids if you have children. So, of course, thinking about genetics and then also thinking about lifestyle. Okay, do you work indoors? Are you typically sitting down at work? Are you living a high stress lifestyle? You know what your life has been like? Have you went through a lot of trauma? Have you had, you know, instances where maybe you've been injured and you haven't been able to be as active and really just looking at those two things separately, right? Genetics and lifestyle, and how both of those interact with each other to determine just how healthy you are. And I'm not saying that genetics will rule everything. Now, obviously, there's going to be people out there who just aren't going to look a certain way. They're never going to be this small, and that is genetically based. But a lot of people out there, I think, use the genetic thing as a crutch too much. Like, oh, well, my parents have always been like that, so there's no way I could be anything but that. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think we can definitely change and shift, and we don't always have to do what our parents have done or what our grandparents have done. You know, we can always break that mold. But at the end of the day, we do have to take that into consideration, especially if you are somebody who has like a blood disorder or um, any kind of like physical situations that have happened, right? So maybe you broke something at a young age and it's still dealing, you're still having to deal with that pain now um, that you're older. So taking into those counts. And then of course your lifestyle. Uh, If you're somebody who is super busy all the time, are you somebody who typically eats fast food just because it's easier? Are you on the road a lot? So maybe you don't eat a ton. Um, Maybe you're somebody who eats like one meal a day. So Again, just taking into account these two things, genetics and lifestyle. And my biggest thing that I want to ask you is, how does it feel? Like, how do you feel right now in your own body? Are you happy with the abilities and the capabilities that you have? And I'm not talking about aesthetics right now. I'm talking about the ability of your body. Can you tie your shoes? Can you get up and down off the floor? Can you put on your pants and walk upstairs without being out of breath? Now, I understand stairs are always going to make you feel a little winded, but I'm talking like, are you having to stop halfway through because you can't breathe? 
Is there a situation where you can't walk to your car without becoming out of breath? Like all those kinds of things, because in order to me, let me rephrase that for me, a healthy lifestyle is being able to do all the things that I want to do without pain, without feeling tired and not having the repercussions of that afterwards. So what I mean, like I can go walk and I can go hike and I know that I'm not going to be laid up in bed for four days afterwards. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people who have chronic fatigue, chronic pain, you know, they can go and do things, but then they're going to be paying for it five days later, which that to me is not in my head, like a necessarily healthy lifestyle, right? You don't want to do these things. That's going to put you out for four or five days. Or like you go to the gym for the first time you haven't been in two years, you go super heavy and then you can't walk. (laughs) You're like super sore and tired to me. That's not necessarily healthy. So I want to be able to do all the things that I can do at 31 when I'm 41, when I'm 51, when I'm 61, because to me, age is a number and age is just basically telling somebody I have lived this long and these are all the experiences that I have had. It's not necessarily a direct relation to being healthy. Just because you are getting older does not mean that you automatically get unhealthy. I feel like when you get unhealthy at an older age is whenever you stop doing things. And most of the time people have stopped doing things because something has happened, right? That's when you go back to that lifestyle, right? You've had a stroke, you've had a heart attack, maybe you had a fall, maybe these big things happened and it ended up causing more of an issue than you originally anticipated, right? You broke your hip, so now you're you were bedridden and then now it's really difficult for you to get up and walk around or maybe you had really bad back surgery and you know you didn't heal properly from it. You didn't finish out your PT. So now you're trying to deal with those consequences. Again, that all falls into that lifestyle category. So I wanted the first part of this episode to really be just a a time for you to ponder and just to really get clear about what some of these answers are for you, because it's going to be different for everybody. And when we come back after this break, we're going to talk about how I got into yoga, how I got into the fitness industry and what it means for me and what I think that the diet culture and the fitness culture should really be. So we'll cover all of that when we come back. Discover the exciting world of podcasts at hefepods.com. Immerse yourself in exciting stories, learn new knowledge, and connect with great podcasts in both English and Spanish at hefepods.com. From captivating stories to life advice and much more, there's a podcast for every interest and passion. English and the hard-to-find Spanish language podcasts are all at hefepods.com. Don't waste any more time. Find a great English or Spanish language podcast to follow and discover a world of possibilities in your own language. Find the best podcasts at chefepods.com. And we are back into the show. So, like I said, the first part of this episode, I really wanted it to be an opportunity for you to just think about some things. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about my history and my experiences. So for those of you guys who don't know, I am 31 years old and I am somebody who at a very, very, very young age started to question how my body looked. And I didn't like my body at a very young age. Um, I want to say I was probably about seven years old when I was like, 
getting picked on in school for, you know, being really hairy. Like my arms are really hairy. My legs are really hairy at the time. And I just, I begged my parents. I was like, please let me shave my legs, blah, blah, blah. And you know, my mom, bless her heart. She finally let me do that. And it was just an opportunity for me to feel better in my body. Like I know some people out there probably would look down on her for letting me start shaving my legs at such a young age, but it really helped my self-confidence because when I was younger, I was doing dance, cheerleading. I was being really active, but I also was on the bigger side of the girls in my class. And again, this is, this is like seven years old. Okay. Which is way, way, way too young to even be thinking these thoughts. At least in my opinion, I feel like seven-year-olds need to be like seven-year-olds. They don't need to be worried about how they look. Okay. They need to be worried about having fun and doing good in school and those kinds of things. They don't necessarily need to be thinking about how much they're eating. And it's really sad when you look at the food world in a whole, it's really not set up for people to lead healthy lifestyles. That is a whole nother conversation that we are not going to get in on this one. Um, but I do just want to kind of touch on that, that this is something that for me has been very much the focal point of my life at a very young age. So, you know, you get through elementary school, you get into middle school, and then that's when things really started to change. You go through puberty and you're dealing with all of these bodily changes and kind of like, quote unquote, growing up. And that was when, you know, I really started picking apart how I looked. I always used to wear big hoodies because I didn't feel confident in my body. Um, I always used to, you know, kind of tear myself down a little bit. And it wasn't until high school came around that I really started to kind of come out of my shell and was really starting to embrace how I looked. And then that's when um, I had some stuff come up in my high school year and I ended up gaining a lot of weight. And that was something that really stuck with me. When I gained that weight in high school, it really just kind of, it, it really hit home. So when I graduated, I didn't really do a whole lot of activities in my high school year. I was running track. I was playing soccer. So I was a very active person, but I still gained all this weight. And it kind of just left me feeling very less than because I was like, you know, I'm running, I'm, I'm eating right. I'm doing all these things and I'm still gaining this weight. And there were other outlying issues that had really ended up being the reason for that. And we took those away and, you know, it was better, but it's still never, I was still never able to go back down to the size that I was prior. Then I graduated high school, you know, everything was fine for a few years. I don't think I was too, you know, hung up in how I looked. I think at that point I was feeling pretty confident with myself. And then I had a really bad breakup and that was one of the big things that they said why they broke up with me. So then my entire self-worth just revolved around how I looked. And that's when I started counting calories. And that's when I really got into the diet culture and I was only eating 1200 calories a day. And I was, you know, counting out everything. And I understand people who do macro counting, people who do those types of things, you know, you have to count your calories so that you can know what comes in. So you know what comes out. It's kind of like budgeting your checkbook. It's a very similar idea, but I was just looking at it from a negative aspect, right? Like I was like, I can't do this. You know, I have to, I have to look this certain way. I have to lose all this weight. Well, I ended up going from like 220 pounds to 170 pounds. I was feeling really good. I was like, this is great. Awesome. And I was walking bikes three miles a day. But the other part of that is I wasn't living my life. Like my entire life revolved around fitness and dieting and counting. And I couldn't eat something if I didn't know what the nutrition facts. And it became very obsessive to the point where it ended up kind of hurting me in the end. So, uh, I ended up getting with the, uh, boyfriend I'm with now and, 
I got happy. And most people, when you're happy, you don't really care about that kind of stuff. And I don't want to say that there's something wrong with people who do care when they are happy, but my priorities shifted. And I think that's something to remember in life, that your priorities are going to shift. They are going to change. And you have to be open to that. So we get together. I think I was still counting about two years into our relationship. At this point, I was also starting to teach yoga. I was starting to look into yoga. You know, I had a friend who was doing it and I was like, man, that looks really cool. That looks like it would come easy to me because I've always been really flexible. So I started doing yoga online. I realized I really enjoyed it, found a class in town, started going to Joey's classes at your inner space. And my yoga background kind of just segued from that. So I was going to classes for about eight months or so. Joey moved and I started to host group meetups and I hosted these meetups for about two years. And I also went through my yoga teacher training at this time. This is all in 2016. So I was also finishing up college, finishing up my degree, got my bachelor's. And then I was also going through my yoga teacher training for 200 hours. So my life started to revolve around more of the movement side of fitness, not so much the dieting culture and the strength training, but really, you know, focusing in on how you move and being able to move well. So I was into yoga. I'm still obviously teaching yoga, but then I started to not feel so happy about myself. Probably about five years ago or so, maybe four, I started to go to the gym. And Ethan and I got a gym membership together. Uh, he just couldn't figure it out with his schedule. So I ended up going and I was going to the gym pretty consistently until COVID happened. And then I kind of took a step back. During that time, I was macro counting, I was weightlifting, um, I was also teaching still. And I really wasn't losing a lot of weight. And that was kind of frustrating for me because I felt like I was doing all these things that would equate to it. But there's a big piece of this puzzle that we haven't even necessarily really dived into. And that is the nutrition part of all of this, because the phrase you are what you eat is so real. That is so truth. Like thinking about your gut as your second brain, thinking about, you know, the fact of like just calories in calories out and how much you're actually burning and utilizing throughout the day. And it took me a really long time to shift my thinking from, oh, I need to work out to lose weight to, oh, I need to be better about my nutrition to lose weight. And that was what my goal was. Like my goal at the at those times was really just about losing weight. Because in my head, I thought if I lose weight, I'm going to be happier. And now it's kind of switched. I don't necessarily want to lose weight because I feel like it'll make me happier. I want to lose weight because I feel like my body and the way that my body reacts to extra weight would be healthier without it. And I think so many people whenever they hear the word fitness or when someone's talking about fitness or health or losing weight, it's really hard to separate yourself from the person you're talking to and really just holding space for whatever it is that they want to do. It's very hard to not want to give advice, to not want to talk about your own experiences. And unless somebody is asking like questions about your experiences, I think it's better to just kind of keep those to yourself. Um, and 
that can be very difficult for people, especially if somebody who's close to you, who's maybe really struggling with it, but you're really just there to hold space for them because everybody, when it comes to a fitness and a health journey, it's really different and very personal. And I don't think everybody should be on the same diet. I don't think everybody should be on the same exercise plan. I don't think everybody should be doing all of the same movements. You know, there's certain movements that are just good overall, like hinging and stepping forward, stepping back, sidestepping, jumping, things like that. But really just going back to that, why do I want to lose weight? Why do I want to prioritize fitness and my health? Why? And the main reason why, at least in my life, is because I want to be able to do these things when I'm 41, 51, 61, 71. I see a lot of people who could have avoided things later on in their life if they would have put more of a priority on their fitness and health in earlier years. And I'm not sitting here and trying to make those people feel bad, but a lot of issues that come up later on in life are things that could have been prevented early on. And I say that, again, take that with a grain of salt, right? Because again, we're all very different, but I think so much we get so caught up in the aesthetics of fitness in the health world that we really lose sight of you know, the functional side of that, of why we would want to be healthy and why we would want to feel this way um, or feel better so that we can do the things in our life and feel good about it. So this is where I'm going to end this episode. So in the part two, we will converse a little bit more about health, what that necessarily looks like for you, whether it be nutrition, mental health, blood work, family health, whether you're wanting to get into some sort of fitness like strength training, boxing, walking, dance classes, pickleball, tennis, you know, it just kind of goes on and on. So we're going to flesh out some of these topics in the next episode. I really think this is a conversation that we should be having more often, and I really want to inspire people to just change their thought process around health and fitness and looking at it more from a positive aspect versus a negative one in whatever it is that you may feel that you're lacking. So until next time, thank you for joining me here at the table. Thanks for tuning in to Taylor's Table, a production of Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media Radio Group. We hope you'll join us during the next episode of Taylor's Table. Feel free to email Taylor at gladesmedia.com if you have any questions or recipes you'd like for us to share on the show. 